Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Susan Deniker. Along with bringing you updates and critical events happening around the world, we are also fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA attorneys that practice on the ground in these jurisdictions and are working daily to help their local clients move through these difficult times. On the program, we span the globe and have received updates on critical issues from ELA members in each region. Today, we're gonna to be chatting with one of our members in California. I'm so excited that joining us today on the program is Christine Helwick of Counsel at Hirschfeld Kramer LLP. Today, Christine is gonna talk about a very complicated topic and provide us some updates on issues in long-term working relationships with foreign citizens working remotely from their home countries. Welcome to the program, Christine. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, how are you? I'm well. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about this topic because there are a lot of moving parts on this issue. And I know that you're gonna help us navigate through those issues. So let's just get started here. Talk to us a little bit about the new issues that have kind of come about during the pandemic regarding the employment of foreign citizens. Well, when the lockdowns first occurred, most people were thinking it was gonna be short term and everyone was scrambling just to figure out how to actually get the work done from home. So I don't think a lot of people were thinking about whether there were different issues that needed to be considered when an employee is a foreign citizen and working from home means working from outside the US. As time has gone on, of course, and the lockdowns have continued, questions about the legality of these relationships are now beginning to emerge. And the legal issues are not different from those that have always been present when foreign citizens do work for an American institution outside of the US. But the questions are now emerging in a different context and in greater number. So Christine, tell me, are there certain industries for which this is a bigger problem? This impacts any organization that has foreign employees or contractors working from their home countries. Higher education institutions are particularly susceptible as they have all manner of international students, employees, and contractors who have a wide variety of working relationships with their schools. For example, teaching assistants, lab workers, researchers, fellowships, and so on. So that is one industry that has a large portion of these concerns to consider. Christine. You made a great point earlier, and that is that this pandemic came on and kind of exacerbated the numbers of folks that were working remotely in foreign countries for U.S. employers. So what do U.S. employers need to know about these remote working relationships so that they can be doing it right? We did a survey together with our ELA partners for an elite higher education institution with employees and contractors in 57 countries across the globe. The good news out of that survey is that in most countries, remote working relationships are legal, and there's no express limit on the amount of time they can remain in place. We did find in roughly half of the 57 countries we surveyed, there were local filing or other registration requirements for remote working relationships. But generally, they're not onerous, and very few countries reported a high risk of government scrutiny or the imposition of significant penalties. We don't know, of course, if that will change as these relationships become more common over time. And it's important for employers to be aware that the responsibility for fulfilling the requirements and paying any fees or penalties for not having properly satisfied them is generally the responsibility of the employer and not the employee. 
But the bad news is that there is very little predictability as to where the more significant issues raised by remote working relationships may arise. In Europe, for example, few countries reported having significant restrictions on remote working relationships, with the unexpected exception of Austria and Italy. A little less surprising, perhaps, a medium level of risk of government scrutiny or penalties was identified in Russia but also in Spain, Belgium, Australia, and India. Wow, that really is very surprising, some of the results that you found there. So, Christine, you and I both have clients that have foreign citizens who have been working long-term from their home countries. What advice do you give those folks? There's no way to generalize about what actions need to be taken to legitimize long-term remote relationships as the requirements are all peculiar to the country where the employee or the contractor is located. So the best advice for US employers is that they need to be thinking now about the potential for these issues and explore their particular situations with local counsel who is familiar with the unique requirements in the local jurisdiction. Christine, I'm sure I echo the sentiments of all of our listeners that we're hoping that we're coming to the end of this pandemic as we get more immunizations and as we get some herd immunity. So as we start to look toward coming out of the tunnel that is this pandemic, is this a problem that's going to go away for employers? Well, as we're learning, both employers and employees have had a crash course in the advantages and disadvantages of work from home as a result of the pandemic. And some on both sides of the relationship are envisioning going back to a new normal once the pandemic is over. Some are considering and may have already enacted permanent work from home relationships. And many more are thinking of hybrid conditions, which will involve some work at the main office and some work from home. As a consequence, I think we can expect that these long-term remote relationships for foreign citizens will create a new set of issues that are likely to be with us over the long haul, even after the pandemic. Interestingly, they are not dissimilar to the issues that also impact more local work from home relationships where employees or contractors are working remotely across state or even county lines. So let's dig a little bit deeper and get a little bit more complex here. Anytime we talk about tax issues, that always you know, gets people's attention. So what are the tax implications, if any, on the income earned in these relationships? Most countries, and many states as well, impose tax on income earned within their borders. For employers, however, this is mostly a personal issue that applies to the employee. It should not expose the employer to additional costs or penalties unless there are enough employees in the country to support an argument that the employer is actually doing business in the foreign jurisdiction. There can be complicated issues for an employer, however, about withholding taxes, for example, or other payments from an employee's paycheck. In Hong Kong, for example, local employees are required to contribute to a local pension program. Well, there are lots of things that need to be looked into then, I guess, depending upon the jurisdiction where your employees are working from. What other issues, Christine, should employers be looking at when these work from home arrangements that look to be temporary while we thought that, you know, we were just trying to get through this pandemic become more permanent? Well, unfortunately, there are many, (laughs) which will require input from a variety of sources. Employers will certainly need to get employment law advice from the local foreign jurisdictions minimum wage rules, holiday schedules, overtime and paid leave requirements, health insurance coverage, 
these are just a few examples of the issues that can be different from one jurisdiction to another and may require some attention. It may also be necessary to inspect or regulate the home office setup of a long-term remote worker to ensure there is dedicated space with adequate internet service, ergonomic furniture, and a setup that is free from hazards. Depending on the type of work performed, there may be local licensing requirements in both the U.S. and or the foreign jurisdiction that must be kept active. There has to be clear communication with the foreign employee about work expectations and requirements in a remote work relationship. For example, work hours and availability must be clear across different time zones. Supervision and the reporting of time will be very complicated. And these remote working relationships just may not be right for non-exempt employees. For now, perhaps the best advice is to develop a written policy that defines the requirements of the remote working relationship and sets it up on a temporary basis subject to regular review. Well, Christine, we said at the beginning that there were a lot of moving parts to these relationships with foreign workers working for United States companies, and you certainly have delivered on outlining a lot of those issues. Any concluding thoughts you have for our listeners on this topic? Well, as we said at the outset, the issues associated with having employees or independent contractors who perform their work in a different jurisdiction are not really new, but they're now arising in a different context and perhaps in much greater numbers as a result of the pandemic and its aftermath. I think they are likely to be a new focus in the days ahead. Christine, thank you for all of these points. They were also important and we appreciate all of the insight that you provided on this topic. We really appreciate your time today. For our listeners, if you'd like to connect with Christine or with any of our lawyers around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law by going to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Susan Deniker. Thanks so much for listening.